Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies and moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Welcome to Next Level Leaders Podcast. I'm Dr. Joseph Walker, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast as we are really focused on leaders, people who are next level thinkers and dreamers, people who think outside the box, people who are going after passion and dreams and manifestation. Listen, if you are listening to this, it means that you are driven by some vision. You are driven to success. That's what we are here to motivate and push you through. Today, I am excited to have a conversation with you about the culture and climate of your organizational institution. I think that there are some very critical things that need to be said about that because as you begin to build uh, a business, build a team, it's important to have the right people connected to that organization. It is important to understand the difference between connection and attachment. There are people who are attached to you, but not necessarily connected. I mean that to say a U-Haul may be an attachment to the vehicle, but it's not necessarily connected, meaning it did not come with it. Therefore, it is not covered under warranty. There are a lot of people who attach themselves to where you're going attach themselves to your vision, but don't necessarily connect to it. And when there is no connectivity, there is no investment, no buy-in, there is no shared struggle. There is only an attempt to benefit from what you do. That leads to the discussion about what kind of people do you need to align yourself with when you're building a team when you're trying to manifest a vision. In my book, No Opportunity Wasted, The Art of Execution, I chronicle in very detailed form four categories that you need to pay attention to whenever you are hiring people or allowing people to be connected to what you're trying to accomplish. Before I share those four categories, I think it's important to understand that relationships can make or break your institution. And I'm an avid believer that it's not just a person's IQ, but it's a person's EQ, their emotional quotient. It's about how they interact with others and themselves, how they deal in difficult moments, stressful events, how they deal with criticism, how they deal with success. That is the key. And you have to be very clear that when you bring people into relationship with you, You must make certain that you have vetted them through the process so that you don't have unrealistic expectations. Sometimes our expectations may be at one space, but their abilities might be at another. And consequently, it can frustrate the situation. You can have good people in the wrong place, some place that doesn't fit who they are. So when I talk about the categories that people should be in. 
the four categories, I've mentioned them. And I want you to take a moment and write them down. They are character, competence, cadence, capacity. Those four areas are very critical because it is important as you hire or bring someone alongside you that you absolutely start out with character. In the last podcast, you heard me talk to a very high-level entrepreneur, CEO, Daryl Freeman. We talked about character being critical, it being the end-all. Character is really behavior on display. Character is where integrity rests. Character, and I'll say it again, is how you really smell. Personality is perfume. So what you must do is make certain that when you align people to your vision, when you bring people alongside what you're doing, to make certain that they have a certain level of character and integrity that you can entrust your vision to. Entrusting the vision to people means that you have a sense that they're able to steward it in such a way in its original intent and not deviate based upon their own hidden agendas. People have hidden agendas, motives. Often they will convolute the original vision that you had for their own purposes. If you're not careful, people will use your platform for their own personal gain. Character means that I can be a part of something bigger than me and I can support that knowing eventually it's going to bless me, but my intent is to support the vision, to push the thing forward. You get a sense of this in people, right? Because people become selfless. People become humble when they have character. If you run into arrogance, if you run into people self-absorbed and entitled, let that be a warning to you because those are the kinds of folks, though they may be incredibly skillful, that character will often corrode your institution. You see, your gift, your talent can get you there, but your character is what keeps you there. You want to be clear that the kind of people that you bring along your institution are people that have the character that's willing to represent the spirit that you actually began the thing in the first place. Secondly, I think it's so important to really process and understand the need for people to have competence. Competence is a non-negotiable when you are a person of excellence pursuing the manifestation of a powerful dream or vision. There are some people who who really compromise in this area because of loyalty to people or they've, they've had longevity in terms of friendships and people have been a part of an institution for some time and technology and other things have outgrown them and yet we hold on to those people because we our heartstrings are being pulled on and we compromise the integrity of our organization simply because we are loyal and loyal to a fault. Let's be very clear. Loyalty has its place and I value it, but I believe that competence is the key because at the end of the day, can you do the job? Are you the best one to do it? Are you growing and learning best practices and skills in order to make the organization grow, become better? When people have character coupled with competence, 
those are people that are self-motivated for self-improvement. They never become complacent in the organization and sit back and just say, I've got the job, so I'll just rest in this place on my laurels and I'll never try to enhance. I'll never read a book. I'll never do this. I'll never go to a conference. You see, you need people in your life who are go-getters. Competent people are competent for a reason because they realize that nothing stays the same. They realize that things are constantly changing and evolving, and so they want to always be on the cutting edge of those things. They want to always bring those best practices and ideas to the organization. If you have people in your organization and you're always bringing the new ideas and you're always bringing the cutting edge things, you have to really ask yourself, are they really necessary? Competence often shows up in deliverables. Competence can be measured. That's the beauty of competence because when a person is competent, they're they're measurables and they're deliverables. And when a person is competent, you're able to see it in their life because they produce. They produce. You can have a great person, but can they produce the desired results that you need? You see, I believe, and I, I shared in the book, No Opportunity Wasted, The Art of Execution, that competence has to be One of those things that's non-negotiable in organizations, if you get the right people with the right skill sets, you deserve the best around you. So when you build your brand, your organization, you build your vision and dream, and you're pushing that out, you have to make certain that you get the right people at the right time with the right skill set to make this happen. You can't wear your feelings on your shoulders if you're going to be successful in this. No, no, you can't. You really have to be willing to say, you know, I just need the best and the brightest around me. And I'm not intimidated by that because I've often, when I've hired people, I wanted people who had a skill set much greater than mine in that particular area. So I said, I want the best because the best is what makes me better. Look around the people that you hire. I did this one day in our ministry and it was a very sobering reality. If the people that you hire in your organization can only work in the organization that you have, that's a fundamental problem. Ask yourself, would these people that I have around me, would they function at Google, Apple, Facebook? Would they function at Fortune 500 companies or are they only functioning because it's me? You deserve competence. You deserve people who have the skill set and a part of getting competence that you have to invest in competence because it's not cheap. Any organization that's willing to grow, willing to go to the next level is going to have to make an investment in the best and the brightest if you're going to get it because they come at a premium because they're few and far between. I want you to understand something. Even in your own life, make certain every day you continue to grow What are you reading? What workshops are you attending? What best practices are you enhancing? Because if you're going to market yourself and you're going to continue to expand and create opportunities where others will draw from you and want to hire you, you got to get competent. You have to be the answer to the issues and questions that these folks might be having in their particular workspace. The third thing that I think is important and I talk about it is called Cadence, and cadence is huge, right? Because cadence deals with the rhythm. I was in the band, 
and the marching band. And many of you who've been following my podcast know that was the highlight of my life, marching in the Southern University marching band. Being in the band, you realize some of the drum major would blow the whistle and the drummer would hit the cadence based on the tempo of the whistle. Then the drum major never looked behind again because he knew the band was in his cadence. If the distance between the leader and the organization is greater than that space that's normal, and you're always having to look behind to make certain that people are there, that they follow up with things, that they return calls, that they remember certain things, it is an indication that the people you have in your organization do not have your cadence, and that becomes problematic. You need people now who have your cadence. You need people now who really understand your rhythm. Because having your rhythm means that they're able to actually move at the pace and the cadence in which you're trying to manifest your vision. You see, when I got to the Mount Zion Church, 175 members, that was a certain cadence. I had one church secretary, and she operated from that cadence of one service, 175 members, just she and I. When the church began to grow with thousands and thousands and now with 33,000, we operate at a different cadence with five services on the weekend, three during the week. I mean, the cadence is moving quicker. And so when the rhythm and the cadence moves, you have to have people who can operate at that cadence and you can't dummy down your vision to accommodate the cadence of people who cannot keep pace. You got to ask yourself, do the people in this organization have my rhythm? You can't apologize for being a person that's moving at a fast pace. You can't apologize for being a person that shows up working and leaves late. You can't apologize for being driven like you're driven. That's who you are. That's where the success is going to come. What you can do, however, is make certain that you have the right people who have your rhythm and your cadence, people who are not lagging behind. People, when they hear the rhythm, they move in formation and they're able to sustain where you're trying to go. The fourth thing was capacity. That's huge. Because capacity really is exposed by a cadence. There'll be people in the cadence evaluation of your organization that will come to you and say, oh, it's just too much now. I've been here for a while, and boy, it's just, I'm just taking on too much now. It's just becoming too weighty. What they're really saying to you is that I don't have the capacity to go forward because the cadence is too great. So you need people who have the capacity to take your organization beyond where it's always been, people who have the passion and who have the substance to be able to create a spirit of sustainability within your organization. See, when you operate like that, when you move in that space, it's a whole nother ball game there because now I have people with capacity. People with capacity can be entrusted with more because they are willing to receive it without complaint. When you think about this whole idea of character, competence, cadence, capacity, it's about a vocational DNA. It's about the kind of people I need relationally and vocationally in my life that they're able to make certain that the vision that I have comes to fruition. Often our visions fall flat because we have no one to carry them. We have no one who has a pure heart, who has character, who has the skill set, who literally has the energy and who has the bandwidth to see it through. 
That's why you have to be very, very intentional about spending time in the interview process and the onboarding process of demanding these four areas be present in the lives of the people who work alongside you because everybody with you is not with you. It is so important, and I talk about it in this book, The Art of Execution, that the people in your life be able to execute. You need, and I talk about this, some MSH people, some make stuff happen people. Not people analyzing and stuck in paralysis analysis, but people that actually make it happen. Can you make it happen? Can you produce? See, those are the people that are going to make certain that you succeed. And those are the people that are going to be a tremendous asset to your organization because they are committed to making it happen. What I hope you're hearing today in this art of execution or this idea of relationships and people how critical it is to have the right people at the right time, the right place in the manifestation of your vision. You know, relationships do make or break us and they really are about execution. And it's about when you find the right people that can execute at a level of effectiveness and efficiency, that's when the magic begins to happen. When you think about organizations, you think about the intent of hiring, the intent of connecting, you begin to look at how culture is actually created through the process of these four areas. For instance, you can take an organization and you can say, do the people that work here have buy-in? Do I get a sense that they're invested in the organization or it's just another job? See, when people are invested in the organization, it's more than just another job. It's, it's a part of who they are. They become one with it. They are people who really understand what it really looks like, that if the company wins, they win. Those are the kind of folks you need, man. If the company's winning, I'm winning. It's not about what they are doing. It's about what we're doing. I tell people all the time, when you connect with me, I can tell through your language. If you walk up to me and you're connected, quote unquote, to what, I'm connected to and you're asking me, what are y'all doing? You're really attached. <laughs> but if you're connected, there's a sense that your character's at a point that you see your own investment and you start asking questions on what can you do to better the organization yourself? What can you do? What can you give more of? Because you see yourself as a part of the whole organization. When you understand the competence issue, you see competence. And the issue is people will, as a leader, will watch how you handle incompetence. Because if you have incompetence around you and you tolerate it, then all of a sudden now the people who work for you begin to question your level of competence. They begin to wonder, do you see it? Do you even know? Do you realize that this particular person is incompetent to handle this particular task? You have to take this one by the horns. You got to go after this and say, there's no space in my organizations for incompetence. I need people that are willing to learn to be at the best and top of their game. Why not have? the top, the best part of your organization? Why not position yourself to be an expert in your particular area so you can bring a level of competence that nobody else even has? See, competence means that I've made an investment and if I invest in myself, I've easily invested in too. I think that it's so important when you begin to think about cadence, 
man, the rhythm of our lives, the rhythm of organizations, how fast we're moving. The higher you go up, you're going to find out. The less sleep you might get because the cadence and the movement and the pace in which we do all this stuff, there's a rhythm to this stuff, man. If you find everybody around you tired and worn down, like, oh, I don't understand, it's just too much, it means that you need some folks that can pick up your rhythm. Just as you're called to it, there are people that are called to you to help usher your assignment forward. When you write your vision, you make it plain that those who read it can run with it, meaning that they read it, but they have the cadence to keep up with it, then you know you're on the right path. You see, I think that capacity is critical because we see it manifested in so many ways that when one organization passes on the mantle to another or one business passes on the business to the successive children in succession, we wonder whether or not it's going to make it. Does that successor have the passion and the cadence and rhythm of the predecessor? You see, that's why it's important to make certain the right people are in your life. Because even in your own life, you can't afford to have people with no character. You need people that are self-motivated. They're people that get up and inspire you. Iron sharpens iron. And it is important as you walk out every single day that you look at the crowd that you're with and say to yourself, I'm motivated by these people. I'm inspired by these people. I am pushed by these people because of the high level in which they operate. There are levels to this. And when you get to a certain level, there's a certain requirement of relationship without apology. You have to get to a place in your life where you say, I need people to produce without excuse. The end game is producing. The end game is the fruit. The end game is how this thing manifests in our lives. And so today, I hope you're hearing me because your relationships matter. You can't have people on your ship who can't relate. What are our takeaways today? Our takeaways are that relationships matter. They matter intrapersonally. They matter in terms of our vocation, in terms of who we hire. Yes, there may be someone who is brighter, more experienced, but do they have character? Yes, there may be someone who talks a good game, but are they competent? Yes, there may be somebody who's saying what they can do and what they cannot do. And what, but what you need now is unapologetic cadence. You need people that are absolutely consistent with your rhythm and your cadence and they're pushing forward and then they have the capacitor to move your organization forward. Your vision is big. Your dream is big. And you got to trust that. You got to believe no matter what, it's going to happen. You got to believe that if I get the right people aligned with me, Right? Isn't that what Jesus did? He, he aligned himself with 12. Right? Isn't that what we do as leaders? We, we handpick those to whom we know have the capacity to go where we're trying to go. We understand as leaders how important these relationships are. Maybe this is the time for you to do a relationship audit. Maybe it's the time for you to examine relationships in your life. Maybe it's a time for Psalm 1 to resonate within you. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, and his leaves shall not wither. 
Why is that important? Because you will bring forth fruit if you have relationship alignment. Relationship alignment is critical like never before. It is my prayer. Something we've said today has been a tremendous blessing to you. It is my hope and my desire that you are inspired to actually assess and audit the relationships that you come in contact with and to make certain as you move forward toward the manifestation of your vision that the right people are aligned to help make it happen. I want to thank you again. Tune again. Get my book, No Opportunity Wasted, The Art of Execution, wherever books are sold. It'll help you. And more importantly, it will empower you to make the right choices concerning relationships. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.